Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is brought to our church by our assistant pastor, Carlos Farias. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. All right, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 26 is where we're going to be tonight. I love all the stuff we have going on this summer, all the activities, and it's just such a blessing, especially all the activities with young people, okay? Uh, if you don't know, I'm the children's pastor here at Mosley Baptist Church, and uh, one time someone said, no way, you're, you're too young, and I was like, I know I may be young, but I love doing it, and I just love the different activities that we have, especially we get to bring kids to uh, like church camp and just share the gospel with them. Uh, like junior camp, we had a ton of kids go. And I got to take my sister with me, and she got saved, so I love that. And uh, teen, uh, teen camp, um, I got to lead a couple of kids from our group to the Lord. And uh, it's just awesome to see the Lord working in the hearts of our young people. And we have our fair booth coming up, and uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. The fair booth is extremely fun, and you get to hang out with people from the church family, so it's always a blessing. I'm trying to find Matthew. I'm sorry. I was, getting on, I was going on a little rant there. All right, Matthew chapter 26. Before I get started, I just want to uh, thank Pastor for giving me the opportunity to preach, and I love being able to preach. And I heard some people say that since I'm the children's pastor, that I should have an object lesson, snack time, and uh, we should play Duck Duck Goose or something. But we're not going to do that, all right? Uh, that's okay. You know, we're, we're here to have fun too, but uh, a little different. You know, I teach the kids all week, so I'm glad to be up here with you all. So we're going to start in verse number 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, sit ye, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with them Peter and two sons of Zebedee, and began to, sorrowful, to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith, saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Carry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let, us, let this cup pass from me, and nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. He cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto them, Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time, and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, and their eyes were heavy, and he left them, and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at the hand that doth betray me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time we get to be in your house. Thank you for the freedom we have to meet. I pray, Lord, that uh, as we go through this passage, Lord, that it would be a encouragement and a blessing to those, Lord, here tonight, I know uh, studying it has been for me. Thank you, Lord, for just uh, giving us opportunity to just uh, serve a God that loves us and uh, we have the ability to run to you, Lord, in any time of our life, just like that song said. Praise be with our night tonight. We love you and we pray. Amen. 
before I get into the intro, all right, if you see some flashing lights up here, that's my grandpa. Uh, he's my personal paparazzi. Uh, he follows me around and uh, takes pictures of me, and he doesn't know how to turn off the flash. So uh, if, you, if you see that, it's okay. Uh, he's just taking pictures, and uh, we'll be all right. So in this passage, we have Jesus. Uh, he's going to pray in the garden. And uh, so what I wanted to preach on tonight is the Savior's need to pray, all right, and how that can apply to our life. Uh, who better to learn prayer than from Jesus, okay? So this is, uh, studying this was uh, a blessing and a conviction so we, we know that Jesus uh, knows that his death is near. Uh, we, uh, in the Bible, Jesus has started his earthly ministry at around age 30. And the Father's plan for his life was to die on the cross and to, have, to redeem the sins of, uh, of man. And Jesus knew that. He knew that uh, he, this was coming soon, and his heart was heavy. Uh, he, was, he, was, he knew what was going to happen, and it wasn't, it wasn't something to look forward to. It was a gruesome death. We see that in, earlier in this chapter that he's, he's with the disciples and he says, someone's going to betray me, and we know that Judas is there. And later in the chapter, he, uh, he warns Peter that uh, you're going to deny me three times before midnight, and Peter's like, no, no way, no way, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but we know uh, from Scripture that Peter does do that. And then we're, we're at the point where Jesus is praying. And uh, I just love this passage. We get to see Jesus uh, really just be transparent with the Father because uh, his heart is heavy. Don't forget that, you know, Jesus being 100% God, yes, but in his humanity, being 100% human, he had a specific prayer request on his heart, and it was right there in uh, verse uh, 40, or I don't know, 40, but when he said, Oh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. That's a very specific prayer request that Jesus had. It wasn't ideal for Jesus uh, to be in this situation, um, but he prayed something that every one of us should pray, and it's not my will, but your will. Uh, we, we all go through things in life that aren't ideal, that uh, our circumstances aren't great, but we know the truth of what, Je of what God wants for us. And just as Jesus was like, Jesus had the power to, you know, be saved by uh, thousands of angels. Remember, uh, Satan went to tempt him. He's like, you don't have to go through this. Uh, you, can, you can escape this. But Jesus knew that, no, it's my, it's my will. It, no, the Father's will for me to go through this. And Jesus was selfless and he went through with what God wanted. What I love is that, Jesus didn't make his decision based off his feelings, okay? He was, he was feeling exceedingly sorrowful. He was grieved because his, his death was near. But he made his decision based on facts, based on what he knew God wanted for him. And how often do we make choices strictly based off our circumstances and our feelings? Instead of making the decision, we know what's right, but sometimes uh, life gets hard, right? Life is not easy, obviously, and we get to a certain point in life where we have, we make our decisions based off our feelings. And that's not what God wants us to do. If Jesus made his decision based off feelings, and maybe he would have really called on the help of the angels. So what I, what I see is that God's people need to be people of prayer. Imagine going into battle and not using any weapons, okay? You're just, like me and Brian are about to have a battle, all right? And Brian brings a baseball bat or something. I don't know what he wants to hit me with. Okay, it can be whatever. And I go out there with a, a marshmallow. All right? I got a marshmallow. And 
That's it. I got a marshmallow. I'm going to throw it at him like I'm David and Goliath. Right? I'm going to throw a marshmallow at him. But, you know, that's not really powerful, okay? And a silly illustration, but we are in a battle, right? We're in a battle with our flesh. We're in a battle against Satan. And sometimes we go into this battle without using our most powerful weapon is prayer. Uh, how, how, how else are we going to run to the Father or call on his help when temptation comes through prayer. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. See, God wants us to come to him with our request. That's the, that's the awesome thing is that God is very personal. Uh, he knows you by name, right? He, he loves you. He wants you to come to him with your struggles and your problems. So when we, when we come to those tough circumstances in life, we shouldn't ignore him. We should, we should go to him with our request. Have you ever felt like you were in a helpless situation? And what was your first instinct? Was it, uh, I need to go to God in prayer right now? Or am I, I'm going to try to fix this in my own power. Tonight we'll be reminded that prayer is very necessary in our lives. It was necessary even for Jesus, especially in the last moments of his life. I want us to see from this passage that three truths about what prayer is and should be to a believer. First is, Rob, can you hit that slide for me and my iPad is not unlocked. Prayer is our access to the throne of God. What's awesome is that, man, you can literally go to God whenever you want. Okay, you, you have, you have uh, things going on in your life and the Bible says, you know, pray without ceasing. Just keep praying, all right? Just keep praying all the time. And we have the ability to go to God in our own ability. That's because, you know, Jesus, was, Jesus is our mediator, okay? And we get to go, we have, we have access to the throne of God. It says in Hebrews, uh, I, I don't know, but I got the verse here. In verse 14, seeing then that we have a high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help, grace to help in time of need. Jesus communicated with God. There was nothing else that he could have done but take his request to the Father. It says in verse 36 there, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, saith unto his disciples, sit here while I go and pray yonder. He tells his disciples that he needs to pray. Like, there's nothing else that in this time that Jesus needed more than to pray with God. And I love the fact that in the Bible it says, you know, Luke, he's very descriptive. And it says, he went about a stone's throw away from them. All right, that's what happened and it says that he fell on his face, okay? Jesus fell on his face before God. He needed that communication with God. But more so, Jesus was distressed at the spiritual horror waiting for him on the cross. Jesus would stand in the place of guilty sinners and receive all the spiritual punishment sinners deserve. I love the verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus, uh, God wanted him to live on this earth a perfect life, and he did that. 
it says that he was made sin, and Jesus, he never knew sin until that moment when all the sins of the world were put on his shoulders. And one thing I see from this in verse 39, if you look down, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. As Jesus was specific in this prayer request, we should be specific in ours as well. It's not true that, is it not true that the human side of Jesus desired not to die a gruesome death on the cross? A lot of the times we bring our requests before God and we think that he should answer them the way that we want them to be answered. Uh, did you know that an, a prayer request answered from God could also be no? Okay, so you want something and you pray about it. It doesn't always have to be yes, right? God can say, no, I don't think that's what's best for you. So when Jesus was praying that he knew that he was, he was feeling this, uh, gr- this grief about his death, but he knew that God, God's plan for his life was greater. Sir, Jesus may have desired a different outcome, but what I love to see is that Jesus desired what God wanted for him more than what he wanted. We see that with not my will, but yours. We should want to desire what God wants for us more than what we want. Because his, his thoughts are higher than ours. Do we have the same attitude with our request? Uh, do we only want what we want the outcome to be like? If we want, God, give me a million dollars, please. Nope, sorry. <laughs> but we, we want something like that to happen where uh, we, we think that this is best for us, so we think that God should answer it that way. And Jesus says, let this cup pass from me. Jesus knew what the Father's will was, yet he was in great agony And the agony did not come from any lack of desire to do the will of God, but because Jesus would go to the cross as a sacrifice for sins. It wasn't his fault that he was dying. He willingly uh, gave his life on the cross so that you and I would have the chance to have have an eternity with him. Uh, He wasn't rightly accused. It says that he willingly laid down his life. And Jesus said this cup, okay, a cup... He's talking about God's wrath. He, uh, it's a powerful picture of wrath and judgment of God. In Jeremiah 25, 15, it says, For thus saith the Lord, of, Lord God of Israel unto me, take, that, take the wine cup of this fury at my hand, and cause all nations to whom I send thee to drink it. So Jesus being eternal, uh, you know, he knows what God's wrath looks like. Um, he knows what that would feel like. He knows what that would be like in He's saying, if it's at all possible, please let this cup pass from me. So Jesus became, as it were, an enemy of God who was judged and forced to drink the cup of the Father's wrath. Or not forced, but he gave his life for it. Jesus made a decision that night that affected every person. Um, the Bible says that there is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. So Jesus knew that I have to do this or else the people that my father loved will not get to spend eternity with him. And Jesus had the power to get himself out, as we talked about before, but he knew that that's not what God wants for me. And Jesus was able to have access to the father through prayer. He was specific in his request, but most importantly, Jesus was content with the father's will. And are you and I content with, with, God, with what God has for us? Uh, a lot of the times uh, we compare ourselves to others of like what's going on in their life and uh, I, know, I know how they are, so why is God blessing them? But no, we need to be content 
uh, with what God has for us. Because, remember, God knows what's best for you. It may not be best for that person. Secondly, tonight, prayer can help us overcome temptation. If you look down in verse 40, it says, And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto them, Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, but the, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He began to warn the disciples of their need to pray. Jesus himself needed to pray for strength to pass uh, the difficult experience to come. The disciples had their own ordeal to face and needed to pray. If someone is close to God, if they have a genuine relationship with him, it will be easy for them to pray. Um, the disciples... You know, they had their own temptations, too. And temptation is something that we'll always have to face, okay? It's not, it's not something that might happen to you. It's something that will. The Bible even talks about, uh, in Hebrews 2.18, uh, we actually learned about this at Teen Camp, which was really awesome. And it says in Hebrews 2.18, For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, talking about Jesus, he's able to succor them that are tempted. And that word succor is just to aid or to help. Uh, when, Jesus, when Jesus was on earth, because Jesus added humanity to his deity and has experienced human suffering, Jesus is able to aid those who are being tempted. And when we are suffering, he really does know what we are going through. A lot of the times people think that Jesus was only tempted when it said that in the Bible in Matthew 4. No, but Jesus, you know, lived 33 years on this earth and being 100% man, he was tempted. It said that he, was suffer he suffered through that. And it's so awesome to know that uh, we, have a, we have a Savior who knows how we, what it's like to be tempted um, because he was able to aid, he's able to aid us. When Jesus is telling them to watch and pray, that word means to pay strict attention or to be active. You know that Satan is not taking a break or vacations when it comes to tempting Christians. It says that in 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. We see Jesus in these verses warning them because Jesus knows that they will have, a fate, have to face or try to overcome if they're not living with a dependence on God and they will enter into that temptation. You know that if you're tempted, the temptation itself is not a sin. That's why the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all points like we were, yet without sin. It's when we act or decide to act on that temptation that makes it a sin. So what was, what was Jesus warning Peter about? Uh, Jesus goes to, goes to pray, and he comes back, and there's Peter falling asleep. And like some of you right now, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Peter, you know, they're falling asleep, and Jesus is like, could you not stay awake for one hour and uh, pray with me? Uh, these are like Jesus' best friends. You know, they, he chose these men to, like, walk with him and so he could teach them and pour into them. And uh, he, needs, he really needs them right now. Uh, he's, he needs his friends, and they're falling asleep while he's praying. So he comes back, and he's like, what are you doing? Why are you sleeping? And he told Peter earlier in that chapter, he's like, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me, and you're, you're going to do it three times. And Peter was like, nope, not me. And we know that Peter ended up doing that. Uh, we look at Peter and say, wow, I can't believe Peter would deny Jesus Christ three times. Uh, you know, bl bl I don't know the guy. Never knew him. 
But how often have we been faced with a temptation or sin and we act on that? Uh, we're no better than Peter, but we like to see, we can learn from examples in the Bible of what that's like. Satan was like wanting him to do it. Like he's like, you, you're going, you're going to deny Christ. And, uh, you know, Peter gave in to that temptation. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as common to man, but temptation also make, wait, but God is faithful who would not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able but with the temptation, also make a way of, to escape that you may be able to bear it. It's not a matter if temptation will come. It's a matter of when. Matthew 6.13 says, And lead us not into temptation, but li- deliver us from evil. James 1.14, But if every man is tempted, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, will we, will we be drawn away from our own desires, or will we desire to get along with God and bring our temptations to him? Jesus knew that we would not have to have the strength to battle temptation, temptation on our own. Uh, we know the difficulties that, we, that come when we enter into that temptation. Uh, when you act on that temptation, you start to feel guilty. And you're like, I, know, I shouldn't have done that. So it's easier, it would be easier if we uh, go to the Father, bring our temptations to him. Because remember, Jesus suffered on earth to be tempt, when he was tempted he knows. He, he's able to help us get through that. But Satan wants us to act on those temptations. Satan uh, wants, really wants to destroy the lives of everyone uh, that's a Christian. Uh, Satan knows the power of God. Satan's not naive about who God is and what, what the Bible is and how powerful that is. No, Satan knows exactly what happens when a Christian is on fire for God and lives for him and goes to him in prayer instead of acting on temptation. He knows that that person can make a difference in their community and their family and do some damage for God. So Satan doesn't want that. In the Bible, Jesus told Peter, he's like, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, okay? He wants to destroy you. And that's true with us. Uh, think of any time that uh, temptation has come our, your way, and what's that? why is that? Because Satan wants to ruin your reputation. Uh, God, God is not the one tempting you to do bad, all right? Uh, Satan is the one that's at work, and he wants you to mess up. One, and it could be one thing, all right? One thing that you decide to do that uh, sin, sin's going to find you out, and it should, it should be easier for us if we just, God, I need your help in this, in this situation, this temptation. Thirdly tonight, I see that Prayer should be persistent. Uh, it should never stop. It says, uh, when it comes uh, to find them sleeping, you know, it says, you couldn't stay awake with me one hour. And then it says, Jesus went away a second time. And then he came back. They were falling asleep again. They were dozing off. They just could not stay awake. I don't know. They, they might have pulled an all-nighter, and they could not stay awake. And, and then it says, Jesus went away a third time saying the same words. So why would Jesus pray this prayer, oh, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me multiple times? That's because it was important to Jesus. His prayer request, um, it was important to him. He's like, I need to keep praying this, and it's just, I need to keep praying. That's why he went a third time. Matthew 26, 39, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. 
Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And even though Jesus went to pray this multiple times, he always ended it with, not my will, but yours. That's the that's awesome thing we see about this. We see in the passage that Jesus was not praying this just one time and walking away. Uh, how many times have we prayed for something once and, well, I guess it's not your will, God, and uh, all right, thanks, I'll see you later. And uh, that could be whether, God, do you want me to witness to this person? Do you want me to make this decision? Oh, okay, all right, one time, that's it. Uh, no, we should be praying multiple times uh, for one thing. Uh, God wants to answer your prayer request in his timing, not yours. It says that he fell on his face and prayed the first time, and he came back to the disciples, and they were sleeping. And Jesus went to pray for the, uh, the specific request again, and he said, when it came back, the disciples' eyes were getting heavy. And why is this important? We know that Jesus was in anguish, as Luke records, that Jesus' sweat was like uh, drops of blood. Jesus knew what we had to face in the upcoming what he had to face in the upcoming hours. So the prayer request of, of Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. You know, when we pray and we know God has not answered it yet, we should not give up on that prayer request. Have you ever prayed for someone to get saved and uh, they don't get saved right away? It's not because, you know, God doesn't love that person or God doesn't want them to be saved. Uh, it's really how, how great is your faith in God that he will answer that prayer request. You know, um, a lot of times we, we pray something and we don't like write it down or record it, but it would be good for us if we have a prayer, prayer list and record when we pray that and when God answers it, whether it's a yes or a no. And if you did that, you'd be able to see that God has answered many prayers in your life and that he does care about your specific prayer requests and you can bring your needs to him uh, because he loves you. <clears throat> it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And we, we, know, we know that verse probably really well, and it's a simple verse, but the truth behind it is so powerful. Uh, we forget that God is a holy, eternal being, and, but he loves insignificant people like us. <clears throat> he cares for us so much that it was his plan for Jesus to die on the cross so that he could spend eternity with us. Uh, man, Jesus, or God wants us to cast our care to him because he really does care for you. And Satan's going to lie to you and deceive you, saying, actually, there's so many people in the world, God doesn't actually care about you. Uh, that's why the Bible calls Satan the father of lies. Satan's going to plant seeds like that in your mind, but we know the truth. Uh, that, that's why we have God's word. We know that's true, that God cares for you. So don't let, don't let Satan tell you that he doesn't care for you. And Spurgeon said that about this verse, a hand of prayer and a hand of faith. Prayer tells God that, that what the care is and asks God to help, while faith believes that God can and will do it. Prayer spreads the letter of trouble and grief before the Lord, and then faith cries, I believe that God cares and cares for me. I believe that he will bring me out of my distress and make it promote his own glory. And that's, a great, that's the best thing about prayer is that if I'm praying this specific prayer request to God, do I actually believe that he can answer it? Don't pray it in vain that I believe in that oh, he might be able to do this or uh, he could do this, but he probably won't. 
No, be, be bold in your prayers. Be bold in that. Uh, I'm going to pray for a miracle because I know that God can answer it and God is able to do exceeding and above all that we ask. He, he's able to answer those miracle prayers. And a lot of times we as Christians, we limit ourselves in our prayers. Um, maybe the, the boldest prayer we pray is uh, blesses food. I don't know. But uh, no, but really, we should really be bold in our prayers. Um, praying for people like uh, in our families who don't go to church, who have uh, written us off, who say that we're crazy for going to church and all this. Do, if you pray for those, the people that are close to you, do you actually believe that God could change their heart? There's probably people back in the Bible who never thought that uh, Saul could ever be a good person. Uh, but there was one young man, Stephen, who got stoned for his faith, and that made a lasting impact on Paul. And there was probably people that were praying for Paul. For Paul, He, he was able to have a confrontation with God, and he was able to uh, make a decision to live for Jesus. And that, 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 was, that was a miracle, right, that, that happened in Paul's life. It says in Luke 18, 1, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and, and not to faint. Ephesians six eighteen, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. 1 Timothy 2a, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. 1 John 3.22, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. The key to prayer is being in such close fellowship with God that we can ask for things that are on his heart. Uh, we, we can be so in tune with God that our prayer requests are things that God wants. Uh, God, please help me to witness to this coworker. Help me to uh, witness to this family member. Help me to live for you, God. And we should be so close to God that uh, in any moment we can just go to him in prayer because uh, prayer is so powerful, yet it's one of the, mo the things that even in my life that we can neglect the most. The spirit of true prayer is thy will be done, not my will. We turn to prayer to call into action what God desires, even knowing that some of the things God desires will directly and personally benefit us. We need to pray with a heart that says, God, no matter what you want from my life, okay, I'm going to do it. And we see that we see the greatest picture of how to pray from this passage. And uh, when pastor asked me to preach about prayer, I didn't want to do like a, like a topical message. I wanted to go to a passage where we see someone praying and how that applies to us. We're able to see that in this passage that we have access to the throne of God. Well, that, that is a great truth, okay? So no matter who you are, if you're a Christian, you don't have to pray to someone that, so that you can have communication with God. No, you get to actually just talk with him. And that, that's so awesome for us that we have that ability because prayer is so powerful and we should want to be with, in, commun in communication with God. And prayer can help us overcome temptation. If you think about it, what, if you've ever been tempted and acted on that temptation, uh, how could that have been avoided? Uh, as, you say, as they say, you know, we can go to God or act on that temptation. And Jesus said, 
pray, okay, pray that so you won't enter into temptation. And thirdly, we saw that prayer should be persistent. Uh, there shouldn't be like a day that goes by where at the end of the day we're like, oh, I didn't pray once today. Maybe I should pray. Uh, I love the fact that uh, the, the Bible says pray without ceasing, okay, that prayer is something that we can do constantly. Uh, whether you're driving or just walking in the workplace, at home, that man, you can take anything to God in prayer because uh, we go through a lot on this, on this earth and we, we need that communication with God. And one thing that's very important is that your relationship with God is going to determine uh, if you go to prayer to him. Uh, how on earth, if, whether it's a relationship, someone that uh, it's in your family, uh, you would not have a great relationship with them if you just ignored them all day. All right. uh, if you just ignored them all day, it would not be a great relationship. And, uh, no matter who it is, a friend, if you say that you're best friends but you never talk, uh, there's probably not a great friendship. And a lot, of, if we're a Christian, we say, I love God, I want to follow him, but you never talk to him, then, uh, you know, that, that, what, is, what does that say is that uh, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act on what I desire instead of being in close dependence on God and what he wants for my life. And it was just an awesome time uh, studying this message and convicting because uh, prayer is something that we look over a lot. Something that uh, we know that we should do more, but probably don't do enough. And I love from this passage that we can see Jesus, our Savior, uh, getting real with God, okay? It's not a bad thing to pour out your heart to God. Okay? Jesus was just pouring out his heart to God, and we, we should want to do that. Uh, we should want to lift that burden off our shoulders because just as Jesus was going through a tough time because he knew that uh, he was about to die on the cross, he needed that communication with God. And I love just seeing from this passage that Jesus was dependent on the Father. So as we uh, go out through our, throughout our week, let's, let's record our prayer request. Let's be dependent on God. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.